because of that it was lockdown time, I wanted something that I could just burn away the day with. Like, I'm stuck inside, I'm not working, I need a video game that I can really just let consume me. And Animal Crossing is like, hey, you dug a hole today. See you tomorrow. I'm like, no, Nintendo. Like, I don't... What Do you know what's happening? I don't want healthy gaming habits right now. Like, I no. want to bury myself in the hole. Yeah, the problem was that, like, Shin Megami Tensei hadn't... Or uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, you know, hadn't come out yet. Oh, oh shit, oh, shit. I don't remember the last time I pre-ordered a game. You better goddamn believe I'm pre-ordering <laughs> Xenoblade Chronicles 3. I, I don't know if it's going to be any good. I don't know what the DLC situation is. I am so hyped for that hot puppy to be in my hands. Uh, not even literally, just the digital version. And I know that, hey, everyone, uh, this is the Big Bang Theory Theory. Hi, I'm Nick. And I'm Kyle. And I know that the world out there, like, especially the donkey videos are like, hey, oh, isn't that that weird anime game that where you capture the ladies and they all are uh, upsettingly sexy? And you know what? It is. And I can't get enough of it. And we talked about this before. uh, And I, I can't remember who else I was talking with. Like, anytime someone in public talks about anime... I always have to, I, I wait like 10 seconds because I'm like, are they going to be like, oh yeah, I've seen some anime, it's pretty cool. Or are they going to be like, what's up with all of the vague age and the giant titties? And <laughs> like, I don't know why I'm laughing. But it's, but, but it's because it could, it could go either way. And the thing is, is like someone who enjoys it, there's no justifying it. Like I can't, I can't as someone who appreciates the genres and understands the tropes be like oh yes no there's a very good cultural reason for this to happen no the reason is that in spite of these people are extremely horny well and yeah and no matter how far forward like so i i have no idea like i'm not japanese i've not grown up in japan i don't know anything like about current japanese culture like other than what I see in popular media. And so I don't know what, um, say, over the last 40 years, societal pop progress has meant uh, comparatively, like, with the U.S. But where, no matter how much we progress, like, in the U.S. as far as, like, gender equality and sexuality and things like that go, you can only run so far... Knowing that the entire art form you're inside of was created, yeah, by 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 horny old perverts that were like, I want to draw big titties, <laughs> like so. Yeah, it's either either you you create your own genre, which is totally a good thing to do, or yeah, you're, you. I go. I don't know. I guess you don't have to stick with the tropes, but anyway, that's not what the show is about. No, it's, we- <laughs> I'm just gonna say one more thing, which is I don't know anyone. Who has ever taught themselves to draw? Who is passion? Who re- really is passionate and both has the skill of like drawing and sketching? Who has not at some point been like, "I'm gonna sketch some titties and some cocks now." It's just like it's just part of the experience of becoming an artist. That's and, also true. And it and it it just infects you. The power, the power of it. It never goes away. I guess. Yeah, that's something that is I feel really holding me back from blossoming as an artist is I've never, I, I mean, specifically as a visual artist, I, I've obviously mastered comedy, but like, I don't know how to draw a dick. I don't like, that's it. That's the end of the ride for me until I can, I can figure that out. But that's again, like I was going to say, that's, 
that's not what the show is about, at least not ostensibly. We we really we watch the television series The Big Bang Theory and we talk about it. And then when we're done talking about it, which is sometimes blissfully short, <laughs> sometimes longer, we we move on to talking about things we actually enjoy. Which, uh, if you're confused because we're already doing that, that's I don't know. Yeah, that's how it happens. We bookend too. it. Yeah, yeah. It's what you know. Here, we don't advertise the show. I don't know how you found us, but here's the pitch. It's a real shit sandwich. We talk about <laughs> we talk about something we enjoy, and then we're like, oh, I guess we have to get to the premise of this podcast we committed to on a dark night six years ago, and and then we get back to things we enjoy again. So. In that spirit, um, let us commit to the premise of this podcast. We are on Season 6, Episode 6 of The Big Bang Theory, uh, the episode officially titled uh, The Extract, or The Extract, <laughs> Obliteration. And before I go into the, the short summary, because I feel like we've already gone a little bit off the rails, Kyle, uh, any thoughts or commentary you want to insert before I, I, I summarize? So since I assume, I'm going to say that this one is one of those, I feel like this has happened before, but I can't think of a specific example because of course I can't, but uh, this was another frustrating example of an A-B episode where one half of the plot, I was like, oh, this is actually kind of interesting and compelling for me, and I can sort of, this scene feels like a real episode of television, and then the other half of the plot was like, I can't believe they're doing this to me, and that they're really stretching this joke this far, I want to die. Now, which um, half was which for you? <laughs> was were, were you, like, compelled to see what happened between this game of, do you remember everyone? Do you remember words with friends? Do you remember that? That Sheldon is playing with Stephen Hawking, or uh, is it is it the relationship drama between Penny and Leonard? <laughs> I'm just, just like they didn't even have the balls to put Stephen Hawking in the episode. They just they just used his name. I had such a stupid thought at the end of the episode too, because there's the episode ends uh, everybody, and by that I mean the four people listening uh, with. Sheldon getting a call from Stephen Hawking, and I did for a moment wonder, oh, I wonder if that's his real voice. And I was like, oh, god damn it, I am so dumb. That's, I can't believe that I... And then I also started to wonder, like, oh, I wonder if he had a uniquely digital voice that could be turned into an NFT. And that's why we have this podcast, is because um, we have big ideas. But yeah. Okay. I, start, I, thought, I really thought you were going to say it, because we don't deserve to sh- anything better for ourselves. Also true. Uh, but yeah, Kyle, like I already said, those are the two halves of the pod, uh, the episode is, um, it, so this is weird. Like this show starts with like essentially two advertisements because it's, it opens with Wallowitz and Raj playing, um, I don't remember the official title, but like Star Wars Connect, the, uh, the, the Connect dancing game, which as, as a hardcore gamer gives me like, reflexive skin chills and twitches because that was like I think the Xbox like was pretty cool everyone was super psyched for the Xbox 360 and the Microsoft was like but you gotta have the Kinect it's boxed in you can't have it and then everyone who caved in dealt with it and then a year later Microsoft was like yeah that was a mistake we're sorry for that but apparently this was in the era where they couldn't let it go so anyway yeah they're they're dancing it has no bearing on the rest of the episode other again cementing that these are nerds uh, and then Sheldon busts in uh, to pl- announcing that he's playing words with friends uh, and that he is somehow paired up with Stephen Hawking and that that means they're friends. 
And rather than do the back and forth A and B, which I, I often do, uh, to focus exclusively on the B plot and just get it the fuck out of the way. Yeah, they play Wars with Friends throughout the, throughout the course of the episode. There's one moment where um, Amy is hanging out with Sheldon uh, while he's trying to figure out an answer, and she suggests... I can't remember the exact move, but it's, it's going to be the word extract. Uh, and it's high scoring. Sheldon's like, oh, no, you gave me too good of an answer. Oh, I will use the unrelated word extract. Ha ha ha. And that's that joke. Then Stephen Hawking, after that high scoring move, doesn't respond for days. Sheldon is super upset and sad, wonders if he's lost his new best friend. Wallowitz overhears and explains, oh, yeah, when I was working for Stephen Hawking for those few days, like last season or whatever, yeah, he's a real, he's a bitch. Like, he's a sore loser. I corrected him once about The Matrix, and he had a pizza party that he, it seems almost like, I don't know if this was exactly how it was intended. It almost sounds like Stephen Hawking threw a pizza party for the purpose of not inviting Wallowitz. Like, there wasn't a pizza party that he would happen yeah, to... That's how exclude. I interpreted it, too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's that's what Wallowitz tries to console Sheldon with, is like, yeah, this isn't... He's not forgetting about you. It's You're besting him, and he can't take it. And it wraps up with Sheldon in an ethical dilemma of, I, I need to be best friends with, Shel- uh, with Stephen Hawking, but I can't, in good conscience, throw the game. My mom would never do that. Would never like encourage that. But my mom also uh, believes that two of every animal fit on the ark, and so she's a dipshit. I'm gonna throw the game. And the stinger scene is Stephen Hawking calling Sheldon to dunk on him. B plot disposed. A plot is. Um, and just to be clear, that was like every time they cut back to Sheldon staring at his screen with. Uh, which was just like, I don't know what to do about words with friends. I was like, I cannot believe we're still doing this. Yeah, it is his, it, it's his sole occupation throughout. And it has, well, I was going to say zero connection to the A-plot, except for one scene, which I actually really liked. Yeah, that um, was a good scene. Yeah, but so, explain the A-plot, and then we'll go back yeah, to well, it. Yeah, we will catch up to that scene. So A-plot is uh, Leonard and Penny... Um, I always forget what exactly the status of the relationship is, but they are apparently officially dating. Uh, and uh, oh, actually, this, it's not super relevant. Like Bernadette is um, this, Penny's hanging out with the ladies. Bernadette uh, just makes a random crack about how she was getting out of the shower and thought she was using a towel, but it turned out to be Wallowitz's mom's underwear. And the horror she uh, expresses at discussing at, at realizing that. Uh, I thought it was actually some really good comedy acting from her. She she needs more opportunities for that. But um, anyway, so, but Penny tells them that she has started taking um, some sort of history class at the local community college, uh, but she hasn't told Leonard because she knows if she does, Leonard's going to just make a whole big deal about it and want to get involved, and it's going to be so weird. Then the other ladies are like, yeah, it's weird not to tell him, though. I mean, your relationships, you really should. And so then they're having, Penny and Leonard are having dinner, and she does tell him, and he absolutely makes a big deal about it, and he does some real rat bastard shit, where is she is writing uh, some sort of paper on slavery. He, in the middle of the night, gets on her computer, I can't remember if it was written. Anyway, he reads the paper, and he's like, oh, this is bad. He rewrites it for her and presents it to her 
as if he's done this great thing, and she flips out because she's like, "You think I'm stupid? And you have to get all involved in it? And fuck you! And you don't blah 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 blah. This needs to be my thing." All I, I'm using like a mean voice. All very justified. Like it's yeah. Like the the, the closest the show has come to like real emotion, and as long as I can remember, and then um, the, the the one scene. Well, not the one scene, but the scene I did like most is. Leonard struggling with this and Sheldon being, you know, overcome with anxiety about the, the, the fucking words with friends game. Neither of them is really interested in each other's problem. And so Leonard decides, let's set a chess clock. Each of us has, God, I was horrified for a moment. He says five minutes to offer <laughs> an explanation and then a supportive statement and I was like, if any scene in this show happens for more than 45 seconds, I will kill myself. Uh, and it's fortunately, you know, the, the quips, they're, they're coming and going. But yeah, so that's that's a scene that like I theoretically liked. But Sheldon, of course, he's like, I don't give a shit. Slap the clock. Get this over with. Um, but I, I did like that idea anyway. And anyway, it wraps up with, um, yeah, P- Penny already told Leonard to fuck off. And then she does her submit her own paper, gets it back, gets a B minus. Rubs it in Leonard's face and is like, oh, you dumb shit. You should have believed in me. Fuck you. Ha ha ha. Eat my nuts. Goes back to her own apartment. And then uh, Bernadette and Amy are like, oh, did he buy it? Yeah. Like, we we did that for you. Ha ha. Because it's a fun trick. And she's like, hey, let's get an A last time. And they're like, we don't think the professor would believe it if he got an A. And then she bullies them. And then they talk about how it's like being back in high school. Uh because and it just like, well, I, I assume we'll talk about this more, but this goes back to something I think you've pointed out a few times, Kyle, that Penny does seem to indeed be some sort of, yeah, like manipulative sociopath that like is just taking advantage of her friends here and uh, further extending that to, to bully her own boyfriend who did do a shitty thing. But anyway, but that is, that is the whole episode. By the and way. then again, just to bring it for Bernadette's acting at the end when she is, when her eyes are widening, are widening in panic because, uh, because she realizes that Penny might actually, I don't know, attack her or something if she doesn't cooperate in the scheme. Yeah. It's pretty convincing yeah, in, in a funny way. Well, I don't remember if it's Bernadette says it before or after the threat, but yeah, she says something about like, oh my God, is this like high school? Like I'm, you know, letting the popular gir- girl cheat so they can, so they'll like me. Um, oh no, it's, it's because it's in reference to the A um, and how it's not believable. And Penny's like, what, you think I'm dumb? And yeah, Bernadette's like, oh shit, oh shit, she's going to fucking get us. <laughs> yeah. Amy, on the other hand, though, when, when Bernadette is like, oh, it's, you know, it's a cheating to make us like us. Amy is gleeful because she's like, oh, it's finally working this time. So, yeah. Um, again, though, like, that dynamic between them is still pretty good, I think. Like, that... Um, not totally clear, I think, like, what, why exactly they do work so well. I, I guess we could analyze that a bit more, but that, um, yeah, that, that Penny is really kind of a bully and not often a good person, but that they, the, the, the nerds just love being around a babe so much that they can't, they can't help themselves. Yeah. <sighs> Ain't that yeah, just it is, the world, though? It is funny, I guess, because this episode also has, like, um. Yeah, it is. It's like they're afraid. It's almost like the writers are when they were like dishing. 
Well, no, because, like, Bernadette, right, is both, like, pretty attractive and also competent at something. But it really does feel like there was some conversation with in the writer's room, which is like, you know, if we make uh, if we make Penny good at literally anything, it, it will uh, somehow will lose the audience. Because there's also a scene in this episode where she's when she first tells Leonard that she's uh, going to school, she does it over a dinner, which she has cooked. And uh, the food is apparently yeah. terrible she, and she's half made uncooked. just basic spaghetti is all. And yeah, she's made basic spaghetti and she hasn't she did not fully cook the pasta because she did not have the patience to wait for the water to boil before she dropped it in. Yes. Uh, which, it, uh, you know, mood. But I and Bernadette see... makes a crack about her acting career going nowhere. And... Right. And then, of course, and then I think it's it's brought around again because when Leonard's reading the paper, which Frankly, there was a missed opportunity. I would have liked to know exactly how, like, if they could have just read a couple sentences out of the paper, that might have been pretty funny. Um, but, uh, cause I do want to know what Penny thinks about slavery. Uh, yeah. but, well, um, and- he's like, oh, great. She writes just like she cooks. Yeah. Well, and that, that was an okay line. I also liked hearing, like, the little bits about, like before Leonard reads the paper and Penny kind of describing where she's at so far, because Leonard, you know, it's as soon as she mentions that she's doing the the class, Leonard does get immediately hyped up and is like, oh, my God, like you could just examine it from like all these different like like moral or economic perspectives and blah, 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 blah. And Penny's like, yeah, I think I'm just going to right now I'm focusing on the slavery is bad angle. And it's like, okay, that's part of it. That's a not so bad of a joke. But then she's like, and, you know, my professor is black, so I, I think it's really going to work. And I'm like, you know, that is also still a cheap joke, but it really speaks to, like, the level <laughs> that Penny is approaching this. <laughs> yes. Well, also, so this has no bearing on the plot of the episode, but I thought it was weird. Like, there's a scene where Raj is doing his best American accent, and yeah, I don't know what was going on with any of that. Yeah, it had nothing to do with anything. Uh, and r- like Raj's accent, like it's it's fine. It's not it's like not particularly funny. Like the content was kind of funny, where he's like, "Oh, you know, I'm an American. Watch as I eat a bunch of cow meat until I get the obesity or whatever." Um, and it seems like a setup that, that you know they're waiting in. Like, Wallowitz is saying, like, oh, you don't sound anything like an American. And Raj is finally like, fine, do your Indian accent. I thought it was going to be, like, a bluff. Because, like, there's no way Wallowitz no. is going to be so racist as to do his best Indian accent. You forgot how recently that whole thing became a problem. I mean, this is this episode That's is true. definitely pre-Aziza. Uh, Aziza, I'm sorry. What the fuck? Now I'm the one who's racist. Uh, Hank Azaria. That's why I thought that, because Hank Azaria kind of sounds like Aziza. I'm sorry. Not because of the other thing. Uh, because when Hank Azaria, you know, everybody was still like, he does such a good Apu. You can't replace him. Are you crazy? Well, but even in spite of the quality of the um in, uh, the accent itself which isn't good uh, th- th- he says yeah, something yeah what he like, says is is pretty bad yeah it, it's something like you know like oh i i'm in the end like i can't sit still on my elephant cuz my ass burns too much from the curry and raj is like yeah that is pretty good and i'm like i don't understand the joke exactly i guess i don't like other than 
I don't know. Maybe Raj is really like, yeah, no, you nailed us. Like we love no, curry I and would, elephants. I, I think know. the joke is that is that minorities are expected to be complicit in their own humiliation, whereas white people are still allowed to be offended about stereotypes. This is like this is Karen one oh one ing here that we're seeing on this show. That's true. And like it's like you can't make fun of us and make us feel like, you know, two dimensional people, but when we do it to you, we expect you to laugh and go, Ah, you nailed it. Well, and that reminds me of something that uh, I can't remember if it was the last episode or a couple episodes, but um, there is some sort of gay joke. Oh, it's obviously has something to do with Raj and probably uh, Stuart from the comic shop. And we were talking about like why it's better or worse than other shows when they make gay jokes. Right. And and something I thought about after the episode is, can you imagine like what the show would be if one of like the main nerds, like the dude nerds, was gay? Like it would. I feel like it would just be like a slaughter of like casual homophobia, always at the expense of the gay. Like, I feel like none of them would even be able to like get over the fact that they have a gay friend in the way that like they seem to never not be aware that Raj is Indian. It's like, yes, it's not like we met Raj. He's our first Indian friend. And six months later, we we have acclimated. We've been watching the show for six years and they're still like Raj. What is up with your crazy accent? Like, what is going on? Like, you've known him forever. Like, like, it's, like ugh. Anyway. Well, not only that, I mean, the well, obviously, that's in universe, out of universe. The writers still keep coming back to that incredibly shallow well. I don't know if you remember, but it starts off with uh, the reason this whole, I mean, I'm not out of nowhere because, again, it has nothing to do with the plot of the episode, but out of nowhere, it starts with Raj saying, you know, next time I call a call center, I'm going to use an American accent because I feel like when I'm talking to the people in India yeah. uh, with my Indian accent, they're going to think I'm making fun of them, which is not doesn't make any sense as a no. joke. It's well, just and, and an Wallowitz excuse to lead into... points out that it doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> in this scene, he's like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> But you're right. Yeah, it is just an excuse. Yes. <sighs> uh, so I'm going to transition back to the A plot and say um, I did identify a little bit with Leonard in this episode. Not like I admit that what he does is wrong. So I want to be clear about that. But so uh, you one should not do what he tried to do. But also I've definitely felt that or like only this is this is like one of the few things about which I am really sort of like a deeply arrogant person in an, in a, what I'm sure is an unearned way. But it's like one of the few things that I've been good at my whole life is being a straight A student. So when it comes to like academic stuff, I'm always like, oh, no, I got this and I can do better than anyone else, which is was probably never true. And it's definitely not true now that I'm like a 33 year old who hasn't been in an academic setting in years. But I totally... I when when Leonard was like, no, 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 I just I don't want you to do bad at this. So I'm going to replace all of your work in mine just so that you feel the validation of doing well so that you don't get discouraged and quit because it's important to me that you know that you can do this. But the only way I know how to show that is by taking all agency away from you. I was like, oh, I have felt this demon inside me before. Well, it's when you say you identify, though, I understand that. I think I've been there too. It's the it's the actually snooping, writing, and then presenting. Oh, and the way he presents it too. So he makes her breakfast in bed, and then he's like, "Have you ever heard about the what is it like the old man and the yeah, no, elf or whatever the elves? 
Yeah. Old like, Man and the Mice. What version of this fucking... It's the Shoemaker and the Elves. I don't know. I don't my myths. But yeah, so he's like, hey, like, I'm, I'm like your secret little helper, you know, like... You can go ahead and get the good grade, and I'll, I'll just write your papers, and it'll be fine. Um, and yeah, to have that uh, sense of accomplishment taken away. Well, you know, hey, check it out. Isn't that just like what happened to Sheldon when Amy suggested the word extract? Here I was saying there's no connection between these two plots when I just didn't see it. So pretty good show. Pretty good show. Anyway. Yeah, I mean, there's the arrogance and, you know... How to let people down and whatever. I also really like the idea of Stephen Hawking being an incredibly petty human being. Yes. Uh, like that is, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sh- like without, I have no idea what kind of person he was like, to be honest with you. Uh, I'm, I'm sure like most people, he was a mix of many different qualities and attributes at different times in his life. But I just like the idea of Stephen Hawking being like, ah, you corrected me about who's in the Matrix, huh? Guess it's time to throw an elaborate spectacle slowly desi- solely designed to put you back in your place. I, th- I think it's just fun to think about idols having shitty, like, ticks or whatever. Because uh, this reminded me of, it's like an old Sarah Silverman joke from some special of hers about how she wanted to be the, the first comedian to, like, shit on Martin Luther King. Like, she was going to have a whole set about, like, oh, yeah, Martin Luther King Jr., maybe you didn't know that he was a litter bug. Ooh! And just how you have to, like, find some sort of petty grievance to, like, oh, take your hero down a peg or whatever. And, yeah, like, Stephen Hawking, hero physicist, but just, like, a real fucking sore loser, will cut you out of his life if you beat him at, at work. I hate saying words with friends. I, like... It, that's, that, there's a tick of mine because we're talking about Scrabble I know that like whatever licensing thing or how, whatever the minute differences are that made it online but ugh. to be fair I guess I'm not that now that I think about it uh, the words with friends thing is or Wordle or whatever you want to call it oh Wordle is something completely very different, different game yes yeah, <laughs> sorry but the words the Scrabble thing I actually I had an f- experience with a friend who was like Hey, let's, you know, hang out and connect by playing Scrabble. And they beat me so badly. Just they so brutally stomped on me that I was like, I'm never doing this again with you. One time was enough. Uh, because it turns out some people are very, very good at that shit. And I, uh, I am not. So it was exhausting to lose that badly. And then I never played with them again. And it never even occurred to me that that could be seen as me being like a sore loser or a petty person. Well, in addition, but I guess technically I was. In addition to not having, like, I don't know if I have any like talent for Scrabble in the first place, but I think the last time I played it was with some friends who were people who like were familiar with the Scrabble dictionary and knew all the archaic three-letter words that were just like combinations of of eldritch consonants. And I was like, that's not even a word. And they're like, not only is it a word, but it's it's going to just obliterate you like we have so much further to go but this is essentially the end of the road for you yeah here's a 50 here's a 50 word point or 50 point word you know three seconds into this game but let's keep playing for a while yeah let's see how high i can drive this margin 
But this all comes back to, you know, I've talked about it before, you know, my belief that board game people are all perverts. So that's that's me being a sore loser. That's me <laughs> saying there's a whole no. category of people that I'm like, no, thank you. <laughs> no, to, to be fair, the person who beat me at the, the Words with Friends person was a huge pervert. So it's yeah. just another data point in your favor. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, you can only you can only ignore the evidence for so long where you're like every single one of them is filth. <laughs> so, uh, anything else about this episode that we want to talk about? Uh, I, I myself am kind of ready to move on, but anything else you want to bring up? No, I'm just I'm racking my brain to see if there's anything else interesting about. Nope, I'm done. I mean, I think this was a totally okay episode. Like it. Oh yeah, we didn't even rank it. We have to. You have uh, to rank it. Yeah, well, I mean, you're the one who ditched the stars thing, and that I found that so discouraging that I just gave up entirely. But I'm I'm gonna say, um, you know, I'm gonna go back to my 13 stars. I'm gonna give it six. The That's lesser it. half of fine. Yeah. Right in the middle. Right down the middle. Yes. Uh, how are you rating it on whatever scale you would choose to rate it? I will rate it as if the B plot had been as strong as the A plot, this would have been a really stellar episode, but it wasn't even close. So, sure. Whatever the scale is, I will rate it right in the middle. It is half a, it is yeah. half a watchable episode of television. Yeah, no, that's, you're right. That's frustrating. It's like actual relationship progression that gave this episode some real traction oh and i will say garbage oh i will say this that's kind of weird it's not that big a deal i guess but when penny knocks on leonard's door to show him the b minus paper that she got he he's like oh i haven't heard from you in a few days is every are you still mad at me which implies that they are in a relationship where they are dating but he wasn't like freaking out when his girlfriend who lives across the hall from him was not even speaking to him which is just in real life that would be weird that'd be a miserable experience yes to, yeah. like walk past your girlfriend's door every day knowing that she is icing you out that's <sighs> yeah, well, I mean, if we were to see that, because it could have been happening, that would have maybe that would have been too much, because that's bumming me. Out no, it would it would have been it, it like, would have been really bad. It's, like, that's why it's weird that they even. I don't even know why they put that line in the yeah, episode. Yeah, they it's, didn't need to include it. You're right. Now that I'm thinking about it and just how heavy that situation is, it's making me feel bad for Leonard. I guess the only reason they did it is so that they can explain like how she had enough time to write a new paper and get it graded or something. Yeah, it's probably not how how she had time to write a new paper. It's probably how she had time to like get the paper back and be graded and stuff. But yeah, they could have just been like, you know, we haven't talked about it. <laughs> I like how we've been avoiding talking about it instead you know, of like you. Ha- you've been ghosting me for three weeks, and I've just been acting like I'm fine. Yeah. Meanwhile, poor Sheldon is pulling the hair out of his head because he can't figure out whether Stephen Hawking is still his friend. The the, the apartment's been rough. It's yeah. Ah, Star Wars Connect is all they have, but. Maybe we need to get a clock. I think the clock thing was actually a pretty good invention. I love that idea. That's, that's something that is like. It's like I definitely, little... I definitely have friends where it's like sometimes I will go and hang out with them for the, which maybe this is selfish, but for the express purpose of unburdening myself because of like some shitty stuff that I've been going through that I've bottled up inside, and then inevitably it turns into them like talking all day about the thing. 
that uh, is currently going on in their life and whoever just dumped them or whatever. And I'm like, you know, now every time that happens, I'm going to be like, boy, a clock would really fucking come in handy right about now. You know, personal hero and individual completely without flaw, Dave Chappelle. Had a... <laughs> <laughs> there, there, was a, there was a Dave Chappelle show sketch about the, the wrap it up button, which I think was too aggressive because that one was just like, it just played music that told you it was time to shut the fuck up. But yeah, the chess clock is a two-way system. Because yeah, I've been there too. And it is it is somewhat selfish when you enter into a conversation to say like, this is what I need to do. But that's kind of what a conversation is. Usually at least half the time. How often does anyone talk to somebody else because they genuinely want to know about that person? That's insane. No, like, we're all just dumping shit out. And the extent to which we can compatibly do that is how we develop relationships. I'm sorry if I've revealed too much about myself, but it's true. But yeah, the idea that, like, hey, this has to be an exchange. Like, because, um, I mean, there are friends, God, there, there are friends that honestly I no longer speak with. Because, you know, a conversation can only be so one-sided before it's no longer a conversation. (laughs) Yes. Ah. All right. I get that. It's like no one wants to. Well, we don't have to. Yeah, let's let's move on before this gets like yes. deeply personal. <laughs> what, happened? Our... what happened to us? <laughs> okay, let's talk about things we enjoy. We 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 cut open our wounds. Let's paste them back closed. Uh, this is part of the show where we make our recommendation for things that we think you should enjoy, uh, either instead of or in addition to the Big Bang Theory. I've got one loaded up. Do you want to go first or shall I? No, go ahead. Okay, so I, um, over the last couple of weeks, have been catching up on a backlog of movies I've been meaning to watch. Like, rather oh, than... I... Huh? No, huh? I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to say that out loud. I just know what your recommendation is. I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, like, rather, rather than doing my, like, normal grind of all my video games, and, like, there's, like, these, these big, like... Important movies that, like, I'm just like, oh, I, should, I need to catch up on them rather than, like, deal with the emotional weight of them. And, like, you know, some of them are trash. Some of them are good. But the, none of them have disappointed me, which is nice. Some of them, like, I've... The, the one that I think I expected to be the worst, which still turned out to actually be pretty good. I, I finally watched Firewalk With Me, the, the Twin Peaks movie, which I've always heard was just trash. And I understand why a general audience uh, would be miserable experiencing it but yeah even it was pretty good but by far the greatest viewing experience i have had uh not just in the last couple weeks but in as long as i can remember is watching the film malignant i i cannot explain sublime blissful is i don't even know how to explain it was and so to, to 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 summarize the movie is what i would call a trash movie, but I I say that in a, a genre description or just a broad categorization and not as to quality. It is like a modern version of what you would expect uh, or what you would no longer see anymore from like a low-budget 80s high-concept monster movie. Like something that's so insane that... You know, only some small group of weirdos that had uh, a friend that happened to be good at makeup effects would put together. Oh, and I'm spacing out on 
the name of the director, even though he is so fundamentally important. Isn't it James Wan? Yes. And so I actually avoided watching it for a little while because James Wan, to me, and I, I'm where I'm going to mix up one, at least one of the, the, the movies he was involved in, kind of represents, like, honestly, I think like a really bad period for horror movies because I, I think he directed, like, the first Saw movie, which, like, between him and Eli Roth, I think kicked off the whole uh, torture porn subgenre, which I really don't like. Like, not only just because I, I think experiencing those films are unpleasant, but there's no way that you can talk to anyone about torture porn who doesn't already know what it is without seeming like a monster. Like, the term is also just incredibly unpleasant. And then on the other end, um, he was involved in the Insidious franchise, which is like the extreme opposite of just like slow movie moving, like kind of brooding, occasionally spooky stuff. And yeah, I that was his. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say that was like his comeback because he got his. He got the. He made Saw, and that kind of put him on the map. But then he got his, the shit kicked out of him. Like nothing he made after that was anything anybody wanted. And and then yeah. he people were like his career is dead. And then he made Insidious, and so he's made two of like the most popular and influential horror films of the last like twenty years. But I also didn't like Insidious. Like that's the thing is, like the the genre was hugely influenced by both of those movies, and I I did not like that direction. I was kind of just tapping out for a while, uh, and then I don't know how big of an impact this really made. But he also directed The Conjuring, and that was just like a fun throwback movie. I can't say it did anything particularly innovative for horror it's just like a haunted house movie uh but it was done like so stylishly and quickly and fun that like it's again it's it's kind of like a uh what you would see out of more of an 80s kind of almost boilerplate honestly like (laughs) haunted house possession movie but just done really well and with malignant um, I think what he's done, yeah, is he's taken, like like I already said, like that high-concept monster movie, and he's it's made with big studio money, and it is completely insane. And I after watching the movie, um, there's this YouTube channel I really like, Red Letter Media. I, I watched their review immediately afterwards because I was wondering what they thought of it. And it's just two guys, Jay and Mike. They were divided. Because one of them, I think, had the same feelings I did. And the other, uh, uh, Mike, he thought, he couldn't tell because he was like, is this terrible? Is this, like, supposed to be a really intense... Oh, here's the other thing. I, I'll say, I don't think it's a legitimately scary movie. And so Mike was asking, like, this isn't scary. It doesn't make sense. Like, the characters are ridiculous. The scenes are ridiculous. It's just so over the top. Like, was he being serious and is this movie a failure? And that was surprising to me because that thought never for half a second crossed my mind. I was like, James no, Wan you don't, is you don't a swing genius. For the, yeah, that movie's swinging for the fences. You don't make the kind of choices that that movie makes I like without a clarity of vision that must be blinding. Yeah, like there's – I absolutely agree. There's no way you do something like that by accident. But it's, it's so strange because like – it's such a specifically weird thing to make, and it's so over the top that, like, 
I did not know what to expect. I, I knew almost nothing about going in. Oh, and also, I should actually talk about what the fuck the movie is. Like, I'm being so vague. But yeah, it's it's a it's a horror movie. Like I said, I don't think it's scary, but it is it is a horror movie. And it focuses on um, a woman who is, I don't know, like early middle age, I guess you could say. She is pregnant with her fourth pregnancy, but she has not actually carried a child to term. She's had a series of miscarriages. She has, I can't remember if it's a boyfriend or a husband, who is an abusive dirtbag and is, you know, troubling subject matter as that is. Uh, he is also in like an over-the-top comically abusive dirtbag, which is another one of the clues that you're like, this isn't a this isn't a normal movie. What is? Yeah, this? doesn't he, he like comes home and he's got he's got like I swear to God he's got like a wife beater and a ponytail or something in my head. It's it, just like it's 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 close to that, but it's also that like the 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 main character. I don't think they ever state explicitly what her job is, but when she comes home, she's in scrubs, so she's uh, some sort of nurse or caretaker or something like that, and she's coming home very early in the morning because she just got done working a night shift and the the boyfriend is lying on the bed in the bedroom watching wrestling and is annoyed that her money earning uh, that his money earning spouse is interrupting his daytime wrestling watching after coming home from the late shift <laughs> and then yeah proceeds to engage in physical abuse because she turned off the TV and it's one of those things that's like obviously so insane and unbelievable that you're like, no one would actually do that. That's right, because it's it's an insane. Well, you know, so, someone actually would, and that's dark. But like, that's not that's not what this movie is. And like, I, I'm trying to like tread lightly because I don't want to like give too much away. But it's I will reveal the first. Well, actually, I don't have to reveal the first kill. This, this movie opens. It tells you what it is. It opens in a fucking scary monster castle hospital where the the nurse at the end of the opening scene is like, we have to cut out the cancer because there's some horrifying monster thing tearing apart medical staff and they're using dart guns and shotguns to try to take it out. And then we cut to this nurse that's having a problem. And it's like, well, yeah, surely there must be two connections between these two things. I can't wait to figure out what that is. And it's just like... And as, as silly as all this is, like on the on the the fun o meter, this is like a six, and it's gonna go up to like a fifty three. It's oh, and later on, it, it, Kyle, you, you mentioned this on Facebook after I posted about how much I love this movie. There is a jail that, for no good reason, is this movie is set in modern setting. Yeah, there's a cell phones and the internet and everything. Yeah. There's no ambiguity about this. And 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 but and, it, and it's set in Seattle, modern day Seattle. And then she is taken to apparently the toughest, largest holding cell that ever was, where they've been keeping Foxy Brown for the last forty years. <laughs> And the the roughest, toughest, like, bemolded biker woman from the 80s that you could ever find. It's like, none of it makes sense. And it's all great. Um, So, yeah, it's, it's like, I've seen so many good movies lately, and... It's it's been a wonderful experience catching up on all these, 
but I I didn't have more fun than watching Malignant. So that is what I'm recommending. Like it's all, all these like weird art films I've been watching have been incredibly rewarding. But like Malignant, I was like jumping up and down on the couch clapping. So that's that is my recommendation. Um, Kyle, your turn, please. <laughs> Yeah, mine's not that good, uh, but uh, I've been, you know, bringing it back around to uh, what's it like to be a weeb in the 21st century. I've been, uh, I've been, uh, there was an announcement which was met with, uh, there actually have been a couple of good announcements. So the first thing they announced is that uh, they're going to finish Berserk, which is nice. I saw that. Uh, it probably won't be, you know, everybody involved is like, look, we know this isn't going to be as good. But, you know, do you want, you know, we're just going to acknowledge that up front and we're going to do our best. Can you can you go with us on this? And everybody seems to be like, yeah, sure, that's fine. And then similarly, the long, oh, what's the fucker's name? Tagashi something or other has announced that he is bringing, he is finally ready to start making new chapters of Hunter Hunter, which is pretty cool because everybody had sort of given up on that one ever being finished. So in uh, preparation for that, I've been going back through and rereading again the manga Hunter Hunter, which is generally considered to be one of the great, if not one of the great manga of the early 2000s. Well, I think it's both, but the manga is pretty well regarded, but then the anime is considered like one of the great anime of the early to mid 2000s. Hunter Hunter and I, I should rewind and say a couple of things. So uh, Hunter Hunter is the follow-up anime to, not like a sequel, but the same guy who made Hunter Hunter made Yu Yu Hakusho, which is many people's, like, one of their favorite manga and anime of all time. And it was, that was a very, very straightforward, like, shonen anime, just with a lot of, like, heart and attitude. Like, it's about a boy who unlocks magical powers within himself and is initiated into a secret world where he has to fight monsters and demons, and so he learns how to focus his chi into weapons so that he can literally, like, shoot a gun out of his fingertips, uh, and, you know, he fights in tournaments, he, you know, he... He fights criminals and psychopaths. He, you know, he learns how to fly late in the show by directing his chi. It is everything that you could think of. It's just, you know, it's drawn with a lot of heart. The characters really have sort of cool attitudes and powers. And it's really, you know, tense and fun. And so a lot of people really liked it. The follow-up to that, Hunter Hunter, just looks at every point, like, it is going to turn into that and then just consistently refuses to ever just, like, chill the fuck out and be what you expect it to be. Okay, I'm going to hold because there's, like, a plane. Yeah, sorry, there's a plane break, yeah. <laughs> it's gone now. <laughs> okay, so that's that's what's weird. So the first time I read Hunter Hunter, there were a couple of things that just, like, threw me for a loop. The first was uh, the plot is a little bit confusing it's because it takes weird twists and turns it's a little confusing and ambiguous in places to know what the fuck is going on this is compounded by the fact that instead of just being like oh people shoot key out of their hands uh like in most shonen anime he invented an incredibly elaborate system to explain like how powers work in this universe that you know allows for people to basically do anything from shoot energy out of their hands like a gun to i don't know like create fucking dancing, you know, 
puppet squids that can like suck, you know, people's that can like shoot the acid out of their faces. It's all sorts of crazy shit that is all sort of linked by like this system that he, I guess, made up in his head. Uh, and understanding how that system works is kind of central to reading the reading the manga or understanding the anime, but it was so out of left field that the first time I read it, I did not get it. So there was just a lot of stuff that I didn't understand. And finally, the third thing that sort of synced it the third time around is when he got into the the later arcs, it takes a wild shift in sort of tone and content and goes from being sort of like a fun adventure story to like almost like a like a dark like border like I've heard it compare it's like you know if you're watching Dragon Ball Z and suddenly it became attack from attack on Titan it's kind of like that level of uh which if you're not already a weeb that doesn't really help you and if you are a weeb <laughs> then you already know about Hunter Hunter so I need to come up with a different metaphor but it's like you know if you were watching uh I don't know yeah seventh heaven it suddenly became fucking uh scream or something it's just like a wild tonal shift that you're like wow, this is suddenly so much darker and more horrific than uh, I was expecting. And so that was all weird the first time around. I'm going back and I'm rereading it now, and I had all the same observations. What's changed is that I am older, and I now think that all of this is awesome. <laughs> you, uh, you can now appreciate the wild variations. Is that what's happening? or? Yeah, so the first thing I can, is the... The system that I thought didn't make sense. It it makes a, it's actually very elegant and interesting. Uh, it's just complicated. It basically comes down to um, people have people people have the powers in this universe that they want to have, and so the crazier shit that they're willing to do, and the harder they're willing to work, the more that's going to. Have. So basically, it's almost it's kind of like an aesthetic choice. It's like if you want to slice off the tips of your fingers. So that, you know, you have hollow bones in the tips of your hands that look like they should be shooting bullets. Then when you, you learn how to shoot bullets out of your hand, the bullets are going to come out much faster and harder than a person who was just, you know, pointing their finger and shooting bullets. So, you know, you could just like, you know, put your hands together and do a Hadouken. But if you're really, if you're really committed, then you're going to cut off your whole arm and put like a Mega Man cannon there. And that's really going to just like focus your intentions and really like, you know, quadruple your, your power. Power. So that's insane, but really fun, and yeah. explains why so many people in this universe's powers are crazy, and then why they're, you know, the aesthetics are all over the map. Also, it takes place in a fictional world that is simultaneously pretty much like our world in terms of, like, basic geography and technology, but then also has, like, all of these Dungeons & Dragons elements to it. Uh, and I should say, the basic plot... Uh, Hunter Hunter is the story of, of a world that is kind of like our world, but also has like monsters and psychic powers in it. And the people who sort of like are the highest tier and status in this universe are hunters who have undergone a professional hunter license. So basically, which is basically like earning your license to be a D and D character or a video game character. It's like you have to pass a test. It's incredibly hard. Most people do, don't do it. But if you do it, you're basically the PC in a video game and you're allowed to like, you know, go where you want, you know, investigate ancient ruins or fight monsters or, you know, you know, bounty hunt people, literally any crazy shit that you could think of 
that you would uh, associate with like being a superhero. You can do it, but you have to get get a license first to do it, and that's what being a hunter is. So this is the story of a boy named Gon, whose dad is like one of the world's greatest hunters, and so he decides he's going to be one of the world's greatest hunters too. And all of that, right, is like your traditional shonen. Like there is nothing about that that is not identical to the plot of like Naruto or Ten Thousand Other, like very traditional uh, shonen anime and what's great about hunter hunter is that like at every point i guess because he'd already done one of those at every point where you think it's going to veer into that bullshit it's like nope so like so like one of the great early examples is like the main character like it's like oh if you want to for the final stage of the hunter exam you're going to have to fight in this tournament and prove that your martial arts abilities are superior to the other candidates and the first guy he fights breaks both his arms and puts him and hits him so hard that he ends up in a coma and he wakes up like three days later and it's like well you didn't pass that test at all but fortunately a bunch of other people dropped out so we're still gonna let you through (laughs) and the and the whole thing is just like that. It's like he he's constantly meeting characters, and it's like, oh, these guys are way t- like the bad guys in this arc are so much higher level than you that you shouldn't be allowed in the same room as them because they can kill you by looking at you. So you're gonna have to figure out how that's gonna work out for you now. And uh, and so I just like like I appreciate. I've heard it described as what it actually is is it's a deconstruction of shonen anime because most anime are about how like with the power of heart and determination and friendship you can overcome any obstacle and this one is basically like actually people who think that way are either psychopaths or in for like a world of hurt and you meet both types of characters in like the show you meet the characters who are just like total like american psycho level like will to power sociopaths who just don't acknowledge that other people's feelings or what they care about exist and the main character finally reaches a point where he's like oh that's right there are things i can't overcome uh just by trying hard enough and if i keep trying i am going to not just suffer physical damage but suffer the kind of psychological damage that people don't really come through without just being like mentally scarred for the rest of their life what the fuck am i doing why did i think this was something i wanted for myself and so all of that in just like this cute little fun you know package and so it's weird because uh like i compared it to naruto but i was looking at like the release schedule and actually i think hunter hunter you know started out before naruto it's just because of the health problems of the author it's slightly it had a much slower progression and so naruto managed to like rise and then peak in popularity and then fall again like before hunter hunter ever finished um, but now it's coming back. So now we get to see what new he hi- well, hopefully. So now we get to see what new hijinks might uh, be in store. But um, so if you want to catch up, there's a perfectly good time to do it. Um, it's just keep in mind that it never ended properly. But what is there is pretty good. And you can either read the collected manga or uh, you can watch the show. I the show is also famous for having you know really good and consistent animation quality and stuff throughout. Uh, I prefer just because of pacing issues. I prefer to read the manga. Uh, I will say that if you do read the manga, please read the collected versions that were in the books because and this was crazy for me to learn. I felt like I had been gaslit. Is the versions that the weekly scans which you can find online for free if you don't want to pay money. Um, <laughs> 
the, which were actually the ones that were published, sometimes the art in them is very rough. And it turns out that this dude would actually do like pencil sketches, like turn those in for publishing and, and then, and they would look kind of garbage. And then he would go back later. Uh, and when they were collected in book format, he would actually like shade them in and make them so they actually look, you know, decipherable. And for a long time, I just thought like he had had a mental breakdown at some point and just didn't have the energy to do it anymore. It is true that apparently this dude does not like, um, working with other people and tries to do it all himself. And most manga have like six or seven assistants. So he does crazy things that like other, like but he, he eliminates background. So like, 90% of the time, if there's like a fight sequence or a conversation, it's just two people like talking to each other in white space because he's like, ah, I showed you where, like, I showed you an establishing shot of the room they're in. I don't have to fuck about and redraw the wallpaper every single time. Fuck you. <laughs> and so stuff like that. So that's my recommendation Hunter Hunter, banger anime, banger manga. Hope it comes back and we actually get some kind of closure on this one. But right. it will fuck you up if you read it long enough that you will get to a point where you're like, this is not, I'm not sure this is what I've signed up for. Just keep going through the pain. <laughs> I think that should be the motto of the show. Just keep going through the pain. Yeah, if only we could count on big, like, you know what no one ever says about the Big Bang Theory? Well, if you just get to season eight, it starts getting really good. You know, some shows are like that. Nobody yeah. ever says that about the Big Bang Theory. Yeah, no one either like in like my in my real life or online has said like you're you're not yet at the good part. Everyone is just like, ah, this is you need to low you just need to lower your standards. Like you <laughs> the problem is that you're expecting too much from what is a great show. Like, oh come on. Like that's but nonetheless we, we persevere because I have no idea. I have no idea. Why are we doing this? Why do we do this? So that we can talk to each other and, you know, talk about how awesome Malignant was. Oh, yeah. And Hunter Hunter. Also, uh, I've been meaning to ask this since you started talking about it. Is Hunter Hunter the one that is stylized, like, often in the title? It looks like Hunter x Hunter. Is that the same yes, thing? Yes. Sorry. Oh, I should, that's no. fair. I should have, I should have clarified no. that. Hunter <laughs> Hunter. Uh... I didn't. I. I don't know how. This is maybe I'm the one who's fucking wrong. But I think someone said this so confidently once that I believe them that it's pronounced Hunter Hunter. But if you look at the title, it's clearly Hunter X Hunter. I mean, I've never read it or watched it, so I have literally no idea. Really, I've, not e- not any of it. Oh well, I. I mean, it. It is. I forget. It is incredibly long. Uh, so I don't. I shouldn't blame you for that. I, but, I've uh, seen the title. Like I've known of it forever, and until today, I've had no idea what. Like, not a clue what it's about, so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's about, yeah, it's basically about people becoming T&D characters in a world where that's actually... So I will say that, so I remember it getting really dark at the end, but there are hints of that. Like, he's constantly trying to warn you, like, shit is fucked up in this universe. Like, there was there was a fight scene, uh, like, right in the middle where you meet, where this guy is, like, the member of this badass troop of, like, super thief, mercenary assassin dudes, and, like... uh He's fighting, like, six other dudes who all also have superpowers that they've developed, just like him. And all, his only superpower is, like, he's basically, he's made himself so big and strong like the Hulk. But they have all sorts of weird powers, including the ability to paralyze him. It's like, oh, no, he's paralyzed. What's he going to do? Well, he breaks off one of his teeth with, in his mouth and spits it through a guy's head. And then he turns to the other guy who's, like, got him in, like, a bear hug. And he screams so loud that the guy's ear explodes ears explode and that's how he takes care of those guys without being able to move his body fun 
Sounds lighthearted and playful. It's pretty badass. Good times. Well, I don't have a pithy way to end the show, so let's just think about someone's ears exploding from someone screaming into them and reflect on that for the next couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs>